Anyway, you've studied Ra a lot more than I have. Can you can we just talk a little bit about why you think that this was so important to him that that people really started applying human design to the children and yeah, let's let's just talk if we don't mind segueing to that since we've been talking about childhood so much. Uh yeah, it's it's everything to start with them, you know, because we won't ever be correct the way a child can be correct if you feed them and if you let and if you let them live the way they're supposed to live. It's just so that means that almost no one on earth is actually correct. It's actually who they are supposed to be. And I can, I don't know if you, if you, if you saw, if you see a lot of uh, very small children, but I, I come to have a few babies and toddlers around me and you can sort of see the light fading away from the homogenization. And, and that's one of the most heartbreaking thing to, uh, to witness, you know, like, and when you have one that is still have a little bit of light because they're all homogenized, but have a little bit of their light and you can say, wow, that's, that's so cool. You know, that's th- those person, I want to, I want to see them grow up and I want to see who they are going to be because they're not going to be robots or, sh- or sheep or whatever, whatever humans we have right now, mostly. Right. And it's just like giving people a moral compass by telling them how they have to be. That's not being, that's not having morals. That's just, that, that's just being good at pretending to have them. You know, like just, I, I, I've been studying uh, homogenization way before I come to, I come to human design. That's, that's why human design was like, oh my God, are you kidding? There, there's a tool this for is that. This Yeah. I've been for years. <laughs> Where have you been my whole life? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I was seeing all those children and teenagers in my, in my office as a psychologist. And we were discussing things and and things like, I remember one of them, for example, she admitted that she was cheating at exams. Mm. And uh, we were talking about it. And instead of shaming her about it, why would I do that? I We just discussed about why we don't lie and why we don't cheat and why there's a point to it. And mm. I looked at her and I say, I don't care if you lie or if you cheat. I'm a little bit sad if you feel the way I feel when I cheat and I lie. Because when I when I cheat and I lie, I feel like shit about myself. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm a bad person in a in a very visceral way. Mm-hmm. And even if it's the results are good and the outcomes, and uh, even if no one is hurt, and even if it it doesn't matter if you like feel like you lose a piece of yourself when you do it. And and she stopped almost almost instantly. She stopped, and we started discussing things very differently. And she and and that's a change that is so precious to see and to witness. You know, like that's that's there's some kind of sacredness in it. And doing that with much smaller children and hearing and hearing for them, I I believe hearing an adult say to them, "I don't mind. You do whatever you want." If you want, if you want to cheat, if you want to lie, if you want to be bad, if you don't want to share, if you don't, it's just, 
is that you? That's if it's you, good. Then you then you're gonna get that that amazing thing that comes with being yourself that makes morals just non-relevant in the discourse. Mm. And so, and so for me, like like yeah, of course, if you have if you have a tool that is taking children out of homogenization way earlier than anyone could it's it's magical and i can so understand why he wanted that for people and you know it is discussed as this very uh pessimistic and nihilistic man i don't think he was i really don't because when i'm hearing him he has that thing that is he's saying basically like we get to be human when we are ourselves instead of like agents of the program and, and just little robots or little sheep and that are very, very unhappy with themselves and with their lives. And he wanted to give that as a gift to people. That's not pessimism. That's not nihilist. That's not nihilistic at all. Like, just, that's beautiful. And, and I can understand why, because he, he had that thing like, uh, had a very provocative channel, like the gate of the clarion or the cross of the clarion or something, right? He, he has a yeah, cross so of the it was a very, uh, and I, yeah, I want to go there because I do, I do think a lot of my audience either isn't that familiar with Ra's original work or has moved on into something else because he does, his voice is, it feels a little like your alarm clock, clock going off. You know, it's like, I'm in this slumber, I'm in this delusion or whatever. And I mean, I'm just going to compare it to like how I felt this morning. I was still pretty tired when my alarm clock went off. And so it's kind of this piercing, like shock feeling to the whole body. Like I wasn't done sleeping. And so um, he really believed that I, that, or at least some of his teachings, he says that I'm here to wake up the not self and help people start coming back into alignment with their authentic self and come into alignment with their, their human design. And so, but a lot of people, once they're like, once you've woke up, you're like, if your, your alarm goes off after you're already awake, it can kind of sound annoying. Right. And so I think there's kind of a, now that I'm in my experiment, I do find that I'm like, I don't necessarily need all that shock value all the time, but I do appreciate still what he, his, his role in the storyline was. I think that he, and he, I think he was very much in fidelity to the role that was given to him. I, I think he, he performed it well. And again, I, performance isn't the word probably either because he was just trying to stay in alignment with his own authority and his own, mm-hmm. you know, inner um, guidance and his own design. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, but yes, it, it, he does have a strong voice, and that her, he, some of the things he describes too sound very um, heretical, like because he was a line yeah. five, and so he has a lot of like, I don't care about religion, I don't care about morals, I don't care about, and pe- you know, parents. That's a little bit of a, oh, what do you mean? I can't just yeah. not teach my kids to do whatever they think and do whatever they feel, and not have any concern for other people. Like there's again, I don't think that's exactly what he was saying, or nor what you're saying, but you're saying let's. I feel like the message is more like, wait a minute, when you do behave in a way that hurts other people, how does it affect you? Mm-hmm. If that's, that's probably more motivating than just me shaming you from the outside. And yeah. even, even something as simple as first time obedience. So first time obedience was a huge parenting trend in like the uh, 
late nineties, early two thousands. Um, meaning that I shouldn't have to ask you more than one or once or twice to do something before you respond. Well, that's great for generators, um, sometimes, <laughs> but it's also placing the locus of authority outside of the child and into the, mm-hmm. the hands of the parent. And so if you spend your whole life training a child to always let someone else be the authority rather than their own inside or their own relationship with God, or however you describe that, their own inner authority, then what happens is they leave your home and they're still looking for someone to be the boss. And so they end up in these relationships. Well, now there's a trend here 20 years later, right? Where everybody's describing every relationship as narcissistic and they're a victim to it. And I'm like, no, that's the product of learning your whole life that someone else should be the boss of your life. And then having to try to work through that as an adult. And we can avoid all that by teaching kids to listen to their own bodies and say for a generator, you know, how do you feel in your guts when you're doing something like that? Does that feel right for you? And my one generator that we were just talking about that is got the deaf gate in the 2838 he's um he often does feel wrong as he's doing it and it's that's part of his job is to struggle with himself sometimes in order to make different more aligned decisions he actually cares about people very much it's just sometimes he's impulsively just doing what his body said to do and his brain hasn't caught up with him to go wait a minute, if that breaks, my mom's going to be mad. Maybe I shouldn't throw it. So there's a whole lot of process going on inside. It's very individual. And then, I mean, don't even get me started about PHS because he's like, his, one of his his cognition is feeling. So it's got to, he, he hears how he feels when you're talking to him, not what you're saying at all, you know? So yeah, there's it's way more complicated than just do it because I said so, you know? And, oh. Right? <laughs> and as, as an adult, I don't, I mean, I have had to come to like you, just like you, I've come to my own way of figuring out morality from the inside out. It hasn't been from the outside in someone else telling me this is how you should behave. Hmm. And it's just, it's such a, it's such an exhausting way to do it too. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just because it's coercion, it's coercion. And so you need the coercion all the time. You know, you you need, you need, you need, it's like dictatorship. You know, like you need the yeah. fee all the time to make sure people are, are behaving the way you want them to behave. So it's about right. control. And you know, no one control people. They just, it's just right. except if you exhaust, if, if you exhausting yourself trying to control them over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it's, it's not working. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. And I, I say that to the, my son, I'm like, you know, that I absolutely can't control your behavior. Right. And he kind of looks at me like, Oh, that's not what this is about. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're the only one that can stop you if you if you're doing something wrong. You're the only one that can stop. Like, I can't make you stop. I can, whatever, ground you, I guess, but I can't make you stop. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's putting that control back in his hands. Like, what are you going to do with this powerful thing called a decision? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with it? It's yours. It's not mine. So, so very important. Hmm. Um. Okay. Well, we're almost out of time. So I guess for people um, thinking, I know you work with a lot of people that are new or newish to Mm. human design. If you could leave them with like something to just really experiment with in the next week or two, um, either as themselves or as parents, what would, I guess, what, what would you be your guidance, your wisdom that you would offer them? Like, I guess there are three points all the time. There's the thing where you just feed a child 
through for, according to the PHS because that's the only way to feed uniqueness and not homogenization because if you don't feed them that way, they, it's going to be much, much, much harder to follow their, 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 their strategy and authority. Right. And let them sleep the way their type is supposed to sleep. Mm. And so important. So, so important. So, yeah, Ra was saying about generators, no bedtime. Just you go to sleep when you're exhausted and that's it. Like if you're a manifesting generator, just you can do stuff in the bed and, and to, to help to help with the process of sleeping. But but if you're if you're just a generator, just exhaust yourself. Let them exhaust themselves. And as much as you can without betraying your own strategy and authority let them follow their strategy and authority and if you if you do that it's quite of a shift because you can like let go of all the other things we talked about like all the moral all the all the what's wrong and what's what's good and what's right and and uh, what they need to have in their characters and and stuff like this but if you do that there's there's a way that where parenting becomes so much easier and so much more rewarding both for the parent and the child and you have an actual relationship with them not a not some kind of hierarchy where where you you try to tell them what to do or you try to manipulate them into doing what you what you want them to do and if it, yeah that, that would be the the human design parenting kit like <laughs> you give the, that and then you can learn about the profiles and, and about the definition and about the stuff, but that's not as important. Like those three things change everything. Yeah. It's interesting. I wasn't expecting you to mention PHS um, because for adults, they usually say strategy and authority are the first thing and experiment with that for what I think the recommendation from uh, what I call fundamentalist human design, people that study closer to raw sources is like two or three years of your experiment of just following strategy and authority mm. before worrying about PHS. So tell me if you can in <laughs> three minutes or less, <laughs> sorry, we're almost out of time. If you can tell me what, um, why your recommendation for children is to really follow the PHS first. I, I, th I think I have a hunch why, but I would love to hear it, hear your opinion about that. It's two things. Uh, first, we as adults have to decondition. Mm -hmm. They don't. It's, right. it's not like you 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 are born conditioned. You, you are not born right. conditioned. <laughs> so so that, that's why we have to wait because we're not able to. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's it's natural for the body to eat that way, but all the not self and the conditioning is interfering with that sense. So that's why we don't eat the way we're supposed to eat, because we don't have access to it. Right. But if you want someone to not have to deal with the conditioning, then feeding them per the PHS for the first seven years are what you, it's one of the biggest gifts you can give them, because then it's so much easier for them to access their consci consciousness. You know, like it's, it's feeding their uniqueness. Literally. So if you if you do that right away, you don't have all the work we are doing that is, uh, it's so excruciating to decondition. It it's so painful and so scary and so hard. Mm -hmm. and, and so we can like avoid that for them 
just by giving them what they need from from the get go. And if right. we do that, like it's dominoes. So you have the right consciousness. So it's it's easier to follow your strategy and authority and to see what you're supposed to see and to share what you're supposed to share and to meet the people that you're supposed to meet. Right. And share all that uh, outer authority with. So it's yeah, it's it's dominoes. So. As adults, we can enter the dominoes by the strategy and authority because we can then let the body feed itself the way it's supposed to be, but they don't need that. So that's, I mean, I'm answering the question, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. I never know. <laughs> I was like, no, I was just, my mind kind of went to this, like, yeah, at this metaphor I was thinking of about um, fruit trees. We had an acreage, you know, and I, I'm, I'm not saying I always grew up wanting to own this fruit orchard or whatever, but I learned so much about child rearing from taking care of plants because every fruit has a completely different way to take care of it. You know, apples oh. and grapes have completely different processes. Right. And, um, and even, I mean, don't even get me started on like date palms, right. Because they take like 13 years before they're ever going to throw, uh, throw out some fruit that's worth eating. So like, uh, and that reminds me of the line sixes, you know, right? Like some of us just have a longer timeline before. And when I'm speaking about fruit, I really see the fruit of a tree metaphorically as that moral development, that character development. Like you can't just force it out of a tree. The fruit comes from taking care, nurturing the environment it's in. And then of course there is some training like you do with a fruit tree, you have to train the branches so it doesn't get too clustered in the middle and it can get plenty of air and sunlight. But again, that training is very gentle. It's not like you beat the tree or, or coerce it to bear fruit, right? You're just gently giving it, making sure it has plenty of room for mm -hmm. all of its beauty so that it can, that, so it gets enough sunlight to produce, right? And so it's a completely different approach to parenting. But when, but when you're talking about PHS, I'm like, oh yeah, because like if a tree gets struck by lightning, for example, and grows really crooked, it takes a lot of effort to move that tree back into alignment a lot. And yeah. it may not, it may not survive it actually. It, I mean, it may not ever bear fruit. It may just survive. Right. But a tree that's been cultivated from be the beginning to like, this is what I know you're supposed to produce apricots or whatever. And I'm cultivating you to be able to do that to your best ability. That's a totally different process than trying to mm -hmm. train a tree to stand upright when it's been knocked over by a big storm or yeah. something, you know? So it's a really beautiful, that's the metaphor my head started going to. Sorry. When you were talking about it. like PHS is really all about just really making sure that this tree is getting all the proper things it needs in order yeah. for it to, I mean, it's already got it in its DNA to do what it needs to do. You don't have to teach it how to grow, you know, no, you don't have to teach don't it have how to, to make yeah. fruit. It knows how to do that in mm -hmm. the inside. We just have to make sure it's safe, you know, and protected from the elements and it has all yeah. everything it needs to grow. So, yeah. And like cool. you're saying, when that's done, it's so much easier to take care of it because you don't have yeah. to evaluate all the problems that are going, that are coming yeah. from misalignment and, right. and and with the children it's the same you know, like it's like you don't have to make sure they are they have a they have a strong character and good and good grades and they're good to people etc no you just have to watch and to assess if they have the, the signature you know like it's yeah. like, you, yep. know, you you have a little generator see if they're satisfied that's all they need it's just they don't True. need all the stuff all the stuff is for us it's for it's for the mind but right. all they need is just to be able to follow their strategy and authority and then yeah. to access that 
sweet satisfaction. That's like the, the melody uh, of their life. The melody. Yes, I love that. <laughs> okay, well, um, if people want to follow you and want to continue to connect with you, I will put your your Instagram handle and um, in the show notes so that people can find you. Again, this is Leticia um, Fantastic. And she is, if you, yeah, it's been so wonderful visiting with you today. I hope you'll come back on the show again sometime. We'll have, we have so much more we can talk about. Thank you so, so much for having me. And as usual, it was so much fun to discuss with you. And I love hearing all those experiences you have to share and all the ways, the abstract ways you're seeing the world. That's so cool for me. Uh, Yeah, people can find me usually most easily uh, on Instagram. So the handle is a.fantastic, P-H-A-N-T-A-S-T-I-C dot experiment.